0: Welcome back to the podcast, Squat Therapy with Jason Ackerman. And I'm not going to waste your time because I have a tremendous guest and an incredible interview. It's a long one. One of those ones you're going to want to start listening to in your car ride to work, pause it, come back to it at the end of the day and finish up. But let me tell you, it will be worth it. Matt O'Keefe founder of Redline Gear. He has created one of the most well-known brands in the CrossFit industry. Obviously, he's associated with some of the greatest athletes in the CrossFit world today. He's got Matt Frazier along with so many others that he's going to discuss, but this interview is great on so many different levels. For one, you're just going to hear about what it's like to be the founder and CEO of an apparel company and we're going to talk about that and just his fast tracks to success in an already saturated market as an entrepreneur, what it was like to decide to leave his normal everyday nine to five job and when he felt he was at the right point in time to do so and, and having the right support system in his wife and kids to allow him to do it diving into Matt O'Keefe as a agent as well. He's a manager of a lot of the best and most successful CrossFit athletes out there. And he talks about what it's like to be a full-time athlete. And also if you're listening and you have ambitions of doing that, how you can contact him to a, be a sponsored athlete through Redline gear. And if you feel you are at the level where you need to think about having a manager, So without further ado, I'm going to dive into this interview and having Matt on and having him as a part of this podcast before you dive in, if you want to go check out his site, Redline Gear, the code Ackerman15, that's my last name, A-C-K-E-R-M-A-N 15, will get you 15% off your entire order, t-shirts, shorts, booty shorts, knee sleeves, whatever it is you want, Use that code to get you 15% off anything at Redline Gear. Listen in. It's a great interview. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks again, Matt O'Keefe, for coming on. Here it is on Squat Therapy with Jason Ackerman. It's time for some squat therapy. You're host, Jason Ackerman, P-I-M-P. Baby Jesus, break it down with the interesting mind. CrossFit's OG, he's one of a kind. Coaching, training, and mobility. Each episode of Quest of Virtuosity. Relevant CrossFit topics and stellar guests. He'll leave you wondering what he's going to say next on Squat Therapy. All right, we're back on the podcast. Matt O'Keefe joining us from Massachusetts today. Jason, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great. Thanks, as always, for being on. For those of you that don't know who Matt is, he's become a big deal in the CrossFit world. I always like to, you know, a big deal in the CrossFit world. I don't know what that really means these days, but you're, you're becoming more recognizable. It started at first with you founding or creating a apparel line called Redline Gear.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I founded... Uh Sort of came up with this idea for Red Lion Gear back in the summer of 2013, so probably around June of 2013, and launched uh, our product line in December of 13, um, and really sort of started to make some headway in our community and in industry in the um, regional season, open regional season of 14.
0: I have so much I want to ask you about, you know, where, what brought you here and all that. But something you just said, you know, you just said you you started in thirteen. We're in twenty sixteen. You're talking, you know, and then you said regionals twenty fourteen. And I remember that year meeting you, and you got me in trouble at regionals. But that's a whole other story. But well, uh, what what do you think? You I mean you've basically fast tracked yourself to one of the top apparel lines? in the industry and you know it's a saturated market there's a pair of lines that have been around since two thousand eight or nine i would guess and what do you think has led to that i just that just hearing you say that really shocked me it seems like you've been around a lot longer and you know you have some amazing athletes being sponsored i think everybody knows you know matt Frazier is your 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 number one guy you know back-to-back second place finishes that i'm sure that helps but what in two years, how did you go from some startup based out of Massachusetts from some guy that, you know, was CrossFitting just at his local box to one of the biggest brands in all of CrossFit?
1: Well, thank you. That's um, humbling to hear, uh, you know, somebody say that and that, that you know, associate that with Redline. Uh, um, I, I think that, you know, you, you touched on uh, a very – significant part of our growth which is Matt you know I was you know and that's you know there's there's more to it but that's uh that's a big part of the story that I don't think I would ever uh, you know want to leave out or downplay you know Matt uh Matt's somebody I met in 2013 as we were you know figuring out product um I, I had a mutual friend Matt and I had a mutual friend that I worked out with uh, Allie Henry she was a World class lifters she finished like 16th in the world in her weight class uh, a few years back in, in Olympic lifting, and uh, um, they lifted together growing up. And she brought me; uh, she told me to come with her to the ECC, the fall ECC when there used to be two ECCs, and um, we went in and watched her friend compete. Happened to be Matt Fraser, and uh, you know, I left there with uh, you know, you know, a thought of you know, hey, maybe he'll want to be sponsored. Long story short, you know, he didn't have a whole lot going on with sponsorship at that point. He had done regionals in 13 and, uh, done very well. And, um, I, uh, I asked him to, you know, be a part of what we were doing and, you know, wanted to grow, you know, grow the brand with and around him. And and that was, you know, that was a, you know, th- there were two things that sort of happened there, you know, that he, be- he believed in us immediately and he's, you know, immediately identified with our brand and what it meant, um. And it was, um, he brought us in real tight to, to you know, hit, to what he was doing and, 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 and his team. And, uh, you know, Matt's become a very close friend of mine as well throughout all this. But I think that that was the start, you know, somebody believed in us that was significant in the community. And, um, you know, from, you know, from there, the other stuff that went on, you know, around <clears throat> red line was that we showed up, you know, I think that, and we still do, I think, um, you know, it was really important for us you know it was apparent to me the only way we could become you know significant or you know get our message out because I feel like you know for redline for me has some has deep meaning to me it's you know you know it's it's uh, it's more than just a t-shirt and a pair of shorts and you know and I and when we ran around uh, and showed up you know tirelessly every weekend you know, little small events at gyms and um you know and we still do that to some extent now it's harder now because of you know there's so much going on but um you know we 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 got out and we talked to people and we still do today and you know our our customers which i think is a very poor word for the people that associate with us because you know they they're part of our family and i think you know we um, we we try to stay connected. You know, as you get bigger, it's really hard to do that. But you know, my phone my phone number is accessible. Uh, people call me with customer service questions still today. You know, my email is on the website. And, you know, when you get an order, that's an email that you can you can reach back to. And I think you uh, because it You know, if you know, I want to, I want to always feel small. And, you know, I want people to be able to touch and feel and be a part of this brand because the reason we've grown is because of the community that, you know, has believed in us and believes in what Redline is and it makes them feel good about what they're doing. And, uh, you know, it, just, it happened fast. I got to say that, you know, there's all of that because, you know, anybody can do that, show up and, you know, preach their message and get people involved that they think can help, you know, spread the word. You know, there's, you know, we're lucky too. We, we we've, um, you know, we've been fortunate to, to, you know, be. I think at the right, at the right place, right time is part of it. You know, I think that maybe our space was ready for something cool and new and exciting. And um, you know, it's just been, it's been a wild couple of years. And I, you know, I look back, and it's been a lot of hard work and a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of travel. But it's. Um, I, I wouldn't change any of it. It's been a ton of fun, and uh, you know, I get I get to you know be a part of a really cool brand, and more importantly, you know, I'm I'm, I'm getting to sort of be a part of a, a wonderful worldwide community that believes in me and my brand. And it's it's just so much fun.
0: Well, and I think, like you just said, people see the incredible growth, but don't realize what's going on behind the scenes I mean you're married you have children you're were you working a job while getting Redline off the ground
1: I was I um you know I was an insurance salesman um you know I, I was uh that's kind of how red line started I I mean I was bored with what I was doing I had been for a little while and, I went to the people I worked for who are friends um, and a big part of me starting this business and said, you know, you know, worked a deal out where I could do both for a little bit. And, you know, you know, I wanted to sort of take a chance on something and, you know, I needed to be able to you know, still be involved in that to, to survive. But I think that um, they were super supportive. I mean, you know, that's where I say like I'm fortunate and lucky, you know, between the support from uh, you know the, my current employer at the time I ended up stopping work you know quickly after regionals in 2014 because I couldn't do it anymore uh, Redline had you know gotten that busy that fast and I think um, but you know the support of my employer at the time and my family my um, they, they're the ones who really take it on the chin you, you talked about how I have a wife and kids and um, you know my my wife and kids, you know, take the brunt of it when I travel. My wife takes the brunt of my, you know, you know my stress, you know, and you know she also, you know, really has stepped up and believes and believed in me, and still today, and give me the confidence to do this, you know, just keep pushing even when you know it gets hard, you know. That I've I've got a really amazing support system that's allowed, you know, me to you know, be able to breathe and do this the right way, you know, be able to, you know, run around and do what I have to do to, to, to get this thing going and get it off the ground.
0: Can you give me a rundown of who is a sponsored athlete at this point?
1: For Redline, we, we have, um, well, we have, we have a lot of sponsored athletes that are at the regional level. Um, You know, I think that you know, it's important. I can point out some names that would be very recognizable to your followers. I think that, you know, what's really important is to point out that, you know, this is more than just the games athlete. You know, we sponsor regional athletes. We sponsor masters athletes. We sponsor skiers. Uh, we sponsor weightlifters. You know, we have a link on our site that people reach out to us and, you know, we ask them <coughs> to tell us what, you know, Redline means to them and You know, know, people that, you know, are inspired by our brand to do what they do, we're drawn to them, and we we tend to, um, you know, try to do whatever we can, you know, for people like that, and I I think that, um, you know, from uh, from a games athlete perspective, I think recognizable names, you know, we sponsor Matt, obviously, um, Alex Anderson, um, Alicia Gomes, you know, some people from you know, it's OGs from the past would, would know that name. Yeah. Uh, she's a games athlete in 2012. She's local to where I'm from and a, and a good friend. Uh, she's pregnant, so she's not competing, but she's a tremendous athlete. Um, uh, Christine Andali, um, Cheryl Nasso. Um, and then, you know, there's a gen dancer. Um, there's a lot of team athletes too. So they're recognizable. Um, you know, <clears throat> Richard Balkin, Sheila Barden. Um, you know, we. You know, one of the, one of the things we did this year too is we. Um, and, and they reached out to us, which was phenomenal and really humbling for me. Was that the two boys that men boys, whatever you want to call them, that won the CrossFit Games in the teen divisions last year, uh, Angelo Ducocci and uh, Nick Palladino, are both red line athletes. Um, and
0: uh, that kid's a beast. The guy that was at sixteen three.
1: Yeah, they're um, <clears throat> man. What a, what a really cool breath of fresh air and you know shot of a, you know in the arm they've been for me and my brand and, and my team. They uh, they love us and you know for for me you know th- that for me is like so cool. So that you know they re- they've reached out to us and you know they're fans of Matt Fraser. You know they they're that's their like you know Angelo trains with Rich <clears throat> and you know but his. You know these guys look to Matt. You know Matt's the future in their eyes. And they've, um, you know, they love Matt, and you know they're you know you know that's given them the brand recognition with Redline. That's, they're a super, you know, fun couple of guys, and you know the the sky's the limit for the two of them. We're so excited to be a part of their journey. But we have a, we have a lot of um, just to wrap that up. <clears throat> we have a lot of games, athletes that were on teams too that are. You know, you know, you would know all the names, like Brandon Brand, Meralda, Bailey Garrett from Milford, uh, these masters, Lynn Casotas from um, CrossFit Free, Mel Doss, uh, Michelle Crawford, like, you, you know, people like that. But, you know, and then a lot of regional and, you know, uh, you know, other type of athletes too.
0: Imagine being a teenager, walking into high school, having won the CrossFit Games sponsored by Red Line Gear. He's the man walking into that high school, huh? <laughs> uh, I,
1: both of them were homeschooled. I thought that that was very, really interesting.
0: Oh, that, interesting, yeah.
1: That, um, you know, and Nick particularly was, I guess, a very good football player and gave it up because he's pursuing his dream of winning okay. the, the, the men's, the, the big boy CrossFit Games, and uh, this was the start. Uh, it'll be interesting. The two of them are competing against each other this year. Angelo's moved up um, to the to the next age bracket. He won the younger one last year, so uh, they're very close friends. They're actually competing this weekend together on a, on a team, a red line team at uh, Mayhem for Mustard Seed Ranch, which is um, something that Rich has put together for a benefit competition out in Cookville, So.
0: Well, I hope you have room in 2 years for one more masters cuz you know I'm training hard.
1: Oh, yeah, we've talked about it. Come on. Yeah. Absolutely. You're
0: so, ready. well, I will be training hard. I will represent the brand in 2 years, but a lot of people will be listening to this and you've given them the belief that hey, I too, you know, I train hard. I did well in the open. Maybe they've made it to regionals or they were close and you're saying, "Hey, it's not just about games athletes or being the best, but but representing the brand." So what do you look for in that? How can somebody that's just listening to this podcast, obviously you need to be some sort of athlete. We, I assume they have to be a decent athlete training hard, but how can somebody that's just simply listening go to the website? What can they be doing in order to potentially be sponsored by you? What do you look for? What's your team look for?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we have, so, we have, you know, different you know, tiers of um, – you know sponsorship and i think that um you know what i think the first thing we look for is passion for our brand um you know you know that you know it's a part of what they do already um you know it isn't about just being sponsored it's about you know a belief in red line and red line's a part of, of their daily routine or training routine and, and um so i think that that's a that's a really good start for us a foundation and you know i think that um you know, it's, we have, like, you know, we have people that are ambassadors, you know, ambassadors would be sort of that first level. I think that we've, you know, a lot of brands just let anybody be an ambassador. I think, you know, our ambassadors are, you know, we're all athletes, you know, we all, you know, we all come, we're all competitive and we all, you know, work out to, to train for a purpose and, you know, mine's to be healthy, and be my best, you know, the best, you know, at my my job and as as a dad and a husband, but I think that you know it, it's a um, it, people. A lot of people fit in that mold, the ambassador mode, which for me is is meaningful. It's not just you know, hey, masses, let's sign up as many of them as we can. I think you know that's to me passionate people about our brand that are athletic and compete and you know are out in the community. And then there's you know people that are on the competitive stage, which are you know athletes that are you know up and coming, trying to go to regionals or have been or, um, you know, competitive in the off-seasons, you know, loop. And, um, you know, I I think that directly the first part of the answer is it's, you know, people who are super passionate about our brand and want to be a part of what we're doing and spread the word, we find a way to make them a part of what we're doing. You know, and there's a a spot for people like that with Redline.
0: Who's going to win this year? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I know you got some good athletes. You're going to, we were just talking before, we got some regionals coming up. You probably, you have quite a few people that are going to be vying for the podium.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other side of my world is the representation business and um, my agency team group. And um, I think, you know, that's a whole other long story, but, you know, I, um, um, you know, very fortunate um and, and have a blast representing a, a, a good number of games athletes. Um, and uh, you know, I represent Matt, uh, Fraser, Brookens, um, Dan Bailey, uh, Michelle Latandra, Sarah Sigma's daughter, Catherine Davis daughter, Brooke Wells, uh, Cole Sager, Sam Dancer, you know, I, I don't uh Carl Gumenson, Easy Mohammed. So I think that there's that's a really tough question for a guy like, like
0: myself. Yeah. And um, you just rattled off a list of, you know, I, I suppose you'd refer to them as a listers in the CrossFit world. So how did you even, well, I, I guess the, you, you, go from selling insurance. So mm-hmm. to opening an apparel company to now representing, I mean, I guess the term would be, you're an agent, correct?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Some people think that's a dirty word, but yeah, no, so, I mean, for lack of a better, yeah, an agent, manager. Um, yes,
0: absolutely. So what is that, I want to go back into all those athletes you're representing, but what does that progression look like? It's not, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about the agency world, but I've always envisioned maybe you have a, a law degree or you went to school for that, so... How did you go from that insurance world? And, and my other question about that I wanted to ask you earlier was, you know, you left your insurance job. Was there a tipping point? You know, a lot of people are starting their companies, whether they're box owners, apparel companies, etc. cetera. And my advice is always like, you got to leave your job if you're going to open a business because this is your real, you know, what's the sense in working for someone else when you could be growing your business? So I guess that two part question is. How did you make that transition from insurance to apparel to, you know, ma- management? And then at what point did you know when you had red line? Was it worth that risk of, hey, I'm giving up my nine to five that pays the bills, that puts food on my table in order to, to chase this dream? And, and I guess lastly, would you be where you are had you not made that decision?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, you know, maybe if anybody takes anything out of this, I can sort of help you know, inspire that. I think that that's, um, you know, I, I've, I've always spent, you know, I worked in my family business um, helping manage a, my family car dealership, you know, for a number of years and, and then got into the insurance business. I think, um, you know, my, you know, all of the, what I do now is um, a byproduct of my extremely valuable real-life practical work experience that I've been provided. I guess maybe even when I was in the thralls of it, I didn't necessarily look at, you know, what I was building from an experience and, uh, you know, an experience perspective and the education I was getting in business, period. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, I think I think everybody, uh, I would characterize myself throughout my life as someone that was always looking for, for an idea. I think I was drawn towards trying to find something to do on my own. And, um, you know, I, I, I never had the gall or the balls to, to step out and do it. It was really hard. And, you know, um, I think that, you know, there's, you know, I'm now 39. At the time I was, you know, what, 36 or so. And I think that, I don't know, that was my moment of like my aha moment where I was like, you know, I, I have something hear that, you know, another idea, and, and I looked at it, and I was like, you know, I have ideas, and, and I know they're good, and I know they can work. You know, it's time to take a leap, uh, you know, on something, or I'm going to wake up and be 65 and bored still, you know, doing something I don't love. Not, not Insurance is a wonderful industry, it's just not for me, and I think that um, you know, what made me do that was, you know, what you know, and I think you you work in this industry and you can attest to this is that I think that I was a crossfitter um, for you know I had delusions of competitiveness um, you know on a team at the gym I was at the sport just ran away from everybody you know it's gone crazy it's so elite and professional now and I think that you know, that was my immediate start. And I've been a competitive, I played college sports. Um, I was, you know, I competed after college and just whatever I could find and get my hands on. And so, you know, I was immediately drawn in and you know, became a quote unquote crossfitter and then got to look hard at the community. I was so passionate about it and I was so, you know, tangled in it, you know, and on a daily basis. And I saw an opportunity, and I think that, you know, for the first time in my life, you know, uh, you know, I found something that I was involved in, that I was passionate about, and there was a glaring, open opportunity for me to fill what I thought was a really cool gap. Um, you know, not even a gap, there were clothing companies but that I could make a difference in, in that. Um, so, you know... I have some really cool friends that you know I've met in CrossFit. I've got a you know a wife that pushed me and you know said do it, but you know I, I, to, I I've told people the story that I was you know in a car driving to Reebok. Um, somebody was getting us in so we could go to the employee store to buy some shoes and with Mike Dudevoir and Jenna Dudevoir who are the gym owners of the the box that I call home, CrossFit the Swamp. And they've they've become great friends through CrossFit and, um, you know, some of my best friends. They were, we were talking about, I told them I had this idea for a brand called Redline. And, um, I mean, in a matter of the hour drive in the hour home, they had, you know, pushed me over the edge that, you know, I needed to do this. It was a great idea, you know, um, you know, so the next day I logged on to the, mass uh secretary of state and filed for a business and started spending a lot of sleepless nights online trying to find products but i think that you know there's no there's no um there's nothing i can say that to to people that you know to do this and it will give you the confidence i think that you have to get uncomfortable it's just like crossfit jason it's -hmm. like um unless you're comfortable being uncomfortable it's gonna be a it's gonna be it's going to be, tech, you know, CrossFit's hard, right? It's like, you know, that's what it's, I think that that's like what maybe gave me the most confidence. It's like on a daily basis, I go to the gym with people that believe in me and we we all have our own goals and we work really hard to, to be fit. And it's it sucks. It's really hard and it's uncomfortable. But I've gotten unco- I've gotten comfortable with that. I, I run towards it. I love it. You know, it's part of what I do on a daily basis. And I think that you know, had given me the, you know, and the people around me and, you know, my family had given me the the final little bump of confidence that, that I needed to take a chance, you know. And,
0: well, and that's, that's just a great analogy for anything in life, absolutely. CrossFit gets us prepared to be uncomfortable, and you've seen it, I'm sure, just as much as I have over the years. Like, I don't understand how people wake up and, and do something they don't love, and you just basically said – hey, I'm sick of this and I'm doing something about it. And a lot of people like to just bitch and moan instead of doing what you did in a one hour car drive. What, what was the startup cost? How much money did it take to open and what was the first product that you released? I think I remember that T-shirt you had and I'll tell you what, I have three pairs of Redline shorts. They're so the only three shorts I'm, I wear and I have tons of gear from other companies. They have pockets, which
1: personal investment, you know, and time, you know, as I spoke about with my family, but yeah, I mean, I think you can get something started for not a lot of money, you know, because I think that the, the message is, you know, in mistakes I made early on were, you know, trying to do too much, you know, I had too many products, too many t-shirts, you know, I would say simplify. I, I constantly now work on simplifying things and, and um, having less products, um you know, more, you know, le- less is more when you're in business in general. you know you got to be lean and you've got to work really hard at um, you know focusing on um, you know what you know what the market bears or what you know people are attracted to and you know there's a lot of ways to find that out, but talking to people getting out showing up and then getting some sales to analyze, I think are really helpful with that. You know we, we, we want you know we have knee sleeves, I, our our best-selling, you know, most impactful product is our knee sleeves. Believe it or not, and I think it's, you know, it's unisex, so you know, women and men buy it. Um, it's very affordable. Um, you know, I choose to not charge, you know, what the market bears on knee sleeves. Um, I, I, you know, I, I charge what it, what I feel like it's worth compared to you know what I'm able to sort of produce them for and. Um, you know, I bring a value with those, but I think that those are going to really, you know, we're, and we're expanding on that. Finally, I think you know, a few years in, um, we're going to bring you know our knee sleeve to the version 2.0 pretty soon, and, and you know, people are going to get another opportunity with some really cool designs soon to get another pair of Redline knee sleeves that I think are going to be like really impactful for our for our community. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think keep it simple like we did, you know, we, we came out with shorts and, you know, we ran off of that, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, you don't need, you don't need, you know, a couple, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to start a business. You can start small and show up, you
0: know? That's just amazing. Well, you, you know, and I, I don't want people to be listening and say, Oh, he made, he started with 20,000, now he's just making tons of money. I'm sure for the first yeah. y- six months, year, even longer, the majority of that's going back in your you know you you have inventory you know I watch too much shark tank for my own good, so i so i you know can see where where it's going, and I think some of the things you've said are are key in that focus on what's going well, kind of cut some of those. SKUs or, or, or products that aren't going well what's what was a give me an example of a product that you're like hey I thought this would be a good idea it's just not taking off I'm sitting in my inventory I gotta cut the price or give it away or or, or something
1: yeah I, you know touching on that uh, the, the, the first part there quickly is that uh, I think that you know if we have done just that which is the reinvestment you know that you know there's been a lot more money that has gone into this thing since because you know we got the confidence it was the, the opportunity is there to to grow and um uh, and we've done that you know you know it's expensive to go to regionals and the games but we've done all of that and um you know you produce sales but sometimes they're not enough to justify the expense but you know it's showing up and it's talking to people it's a marketing opportunity from a business perspective and that's you know, it's growth for our brand and the community, but yeah, we've, um, I've tried over the last couple of years to just literally not, you know, any, any type of, uh, revenue we've produced, I've tried to put it back into inventory product development, um, you know, showing up travel, uh, events. So yeah, we've, <clears throat> there's a lot more to that exactly. But, um, I think that, um, you know, failures, um, You know, I would put, I got to say, it's not a failure, but initially I think our woman's line of clothing was a really slow uh, burn. It it, it was really hard. I think women take a lot longer to trust a brand with clothing is probably my perception of it. I don't know um, how else to put it, but, you know, we came out with a woman's line pretty early on, And we got a lot of confidence from, you know, people that are, you know, games, athletes, CrossFit competitors that jumped on board. But it took a little longer, you know, for a woman to buy like a booty type short, you know, it takes some, takes some research for them. And, you know, pants, you know, they don't, you know, there's so much that goes into a woman putting and trusting pants in a workout, you know, because, you know, they don't, you know. There's all kinds of things like, you know, are they see-through? Do they fall down? Um, So I'll say that we struggled on the female side of things for a a while um, and, you know, and had to do, you know, a lot of tweaking and, you know, and reassessing where we were going with that. And, you know, that's uh, been... One of the more rewarding parts of Redline has been how much the female CrossFit community has trusted us and brought us in. Because it's taken a while, and and um, we have uh, we have a lot of trust um, and a lot of you know people that love you know our brand. And quite frankly, as, as you know, I talk about the booty short thing. Is is um, you know I think that that's a big step for people to you know, choose a brand like mine over some of the bigger brands that are out there like the Lulus, the Nikes, the Reeboks. Um, and um, I think, you know, we have a significant <clears throat> stance in, in the female CrossFit um, apparel world now. You know, that's been a really cool part of things for us.
0: When you have a brand like Redline, is there the thought of becoming competitive with a company like Reebok or like Nike or as a, as a business owner, do you just resign yourself to the fact that those are the big boys and I'm just, you know, trying to be king of this smaller world or do you really, you know, what's, what's the goal? And I suppose what's, what's going to be the goal for Redline over the next year, five years, 10 years? Um,
1: That's a, that's a really good question. I think that um, if I wasn't... Um, if, I, if I didn't think enough of what I'm doing... You know, you have to be... Um, you can't be delusional. You have to be realistic. But I think that uh, I have high hopes for Redline. Um, and I'm going to work hard to, to, you know, realize some of those hopes and goals and, and uh, dreams. I think that... Um, if I wasn't competitive with those brands either regionally or event-based or, you know, it's the same thing as like, you know, competing on a floor in a competition. If you don't go there with a, with a set goal or, you know, to win or to accomplish something, why would you do it? So I think that, um, I'm a competitive person. I, you know, I have a lot of friends in, in, you know, especially through my agency work, you know, I work closely with all those brands. Um, and you know, I don't. You know, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I mean, I want. You know, do I dream of being that big? Of course. That's delusional, though. So, um, but you have to be a touch delusional to be successful. I think with anything. But yeah, I have high hopes. I, you know, I think there's a. I think there's an opportunity, especially in our industry, to fill some middle space, middle ground between, you know, the foundation. Brands that have been around a long time and might do a certain amount of revenue, and they're, you know they're all sort of getting a smaller piece of the pie. And then there's the bigs, you know, the Reeboks and the you know the Nikes of the world that are sort of up top doing to hundreds of millions in the space. I think somebody can fill in the middle, and um, you know, I think that that's the immediate goal is to become um, a more significant you know uh, organic grassroots brand. You know, be that trusted CrossFit you know, original CrossFit brand by 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 everyone. You know, I, w- I want to be that dominant uh, um, you know, smaller brand or you know, true to the true to the space um, and you know, sort of born and lives in in CrossFit.
0: What is your stance as someone that's involved in this industry with what goes on at the games level as far as apparel and you know, I obviously have my opinion on it, but you know, you got an athlete like like Matt who will really he'll be back at the in Carson. You got a couple other athletes that we know we're gonna see in Carson. When they show up at Carson, they're gonna be in a mandatory uniform with mandatory shoes. Uh-huh. Now, obviously the the footwear currently doesn't affect you, maybe it will one day. But what about the apparel? What what's your belief on that? Is it because? A sport, and it's their uniform, and it's okay. Do you feel like they should be able to wear whatever they want? And and are you obviously you're biased, but but what's your opinion?
1: <clears throat> well, I've gained a lot of experience with this um, over the last eighteen months because of you know my involvement with the representation side of things. So um, you know, I think my opinion is different today than it might have been in the past uh, because you know you know it it was something that on uneducated you know my uneducated opinion on it was it was frustrating that uh, an athlete couldn't wear their sponsored apparel on the floor um but there's more to it you know i think that the uniform from a uniform perspective i think that um the the apparel side of things i believe that that's how how it how it is and how it needs to be you know it's not so you've got to relate it to other sports it's um you know, the NFL and the NBA, um, you know, NHL, um, they're, it's not, what what happens at the CrossFit Games is not unique from an apparel perspective, okay? So um, the NFL is sponsored by Nike. And what a lot of people don't know is they own head-to-toe on the field, okay? So they also own the shoe rights. What, what Nike's um, contract is with the NFL, is that other brands can pay a licensing fee to have their shoes on the floor. But when you have, like, Tom Brady's an Under Armour athlete. He wears an approved shoe by the NFL. Under Armour pays a fee to the NFL so he can wear that shoe. Um, But everything else he has on is Nike. You know, he can't have an Under Armour undershirt. He can't have an Under Armour wristband. You know, he's got to be in uniform, you know. Um, And I think that, you know, they get big... Bucks for that, and it's the same for CrossFit. I mean, Reebok has invested um, and you know helped CrossFit grow, and and they've been there from the beginning. And that's what CrossFit sold to them. I think that you know, uh, from a you know, the NBA is different. Um, I've just heard that you know, I've researched this a little that they've sold their clothing rights to to Nike. Same situation, but the shoes, um, you know, there'll be a licensing fee for other brands to have their shoes on the floor. Um, I think that um, Nike is going to open the door for uh, advertisement to be on the uniforms, um, which I think may be like a little bit of a middle ground answer down the line here, but their uh, NBA teams are going to be allowed to put uh, sponsors on their uniforms uh, oh, that's in new. 2000, 2018, I believe. Um, but, um, yeah, anyway, so, you know, the shoe thing, though, You know, I think that that's sort of the elephant in the room with this conversation is, um, you know, we're unique. Um, and you know, I understand it from a business perspective because I have a lot to do with this. I'm on, you know, I have Nike athletes, I have Reebok athletes, um, you know, and you know, they're all heavily involved with, you know, CrossFit HQ. Um, and so, you know, so I think that it's unique the shoe situation. I think that we're the only sport that I know of that, you know, I've researched that, in the world that tells the competitor what shoes they have to wear. Um, You know, there's some other smaller ones that are, you know, have, you know, somewhat of a direction on shoes, but they do have it out. Um, You know, it's unique, you know, kudos to Reebok for, for, you know, having that, you know, and owning those rights. I think that that's, um, I think it's incredible that they have that opportunity. I think that one thing that, you know, hopefully can be looked at down the line a little, little bit more is you know an opportunity for athletes to be able to wear what they train in because it is a piece of equipment um i think that especially in our space and you know crossfitters can relate to this like what's on their feet plays a large role in in what they do i mean it's truly our only piece of personal on you know our body um equipment that we use on a daily basis consistently, our lifting shoes and our our wad shoes, you know, whatever that might be. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's ways to maybe, you know, you know, work that situation, you know, a little differently down the line. I don't know the economics of it, you know, a thousand percent. I, I do understand it a little bit. I think that, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for CrossFit to even capitalize financially on Selling some licensing fees to other brands, um, or you know, maybe there's an opportunity to allow those that are wearing other shoes on a you know on a, on a eleven and a you know and a half month basis on a tra- with their training to you know wear a blacked out shoe at least that you know it's what they train in. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I do know that you know <clears throat> what HQ and and the CrossFit Games team has done and does on a a daily basis and continues to do annually with this is incredible. It's provided me a platform for, uh, you know, to do what I love and, and make some of my dreams come true. There's no, you know, and I know how hard it is for them to navigate this. So, you know, it's easy for the pundits to... You know, sit back and say this is ridiculous. And it's frustrating for certain brands that are involved. And I get that. And um, there might be a better way. But, you know, and I feel like I'm very confident because I, you know, I know those guys really well um, at home base. And I think that they'll work through this. Uh, you know, it's just another part that will progress in the sport. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's been a touchy subject. Um, and I've been in the middle of it heavily with you know, some of the people I work with. But I think, um, hey, bottom line, when Reebok, a multi-billion dollar brand, now Nike, you know, a 30-plus billion dollar brand that has sub-brands that are bigger than any other shoe brand in the world, like Jordan, um, that has a 60% market share in the training market, you know, is involved in our sport, we're pretty lucky. I think that we're fortunate that they've invested a lot of resources and energy into being a part of what we're doing, without really having any, you know, you know, official attachment to it. And I think, you know, from my, what, you know, my business in the representation world, we're seeing a little bit of, well, not a little. Under Armour has put a lot of eggs and a lot of resources in the fitness basket. Um, you know, they haven't, you know, gone. You know the CrossFit route directly. Yet they used—they were the first brand involved, as you know. I think that they're—they're um, they're investing billions of dollars in fitness. You know, they—they they own that app, MyFitnessPal. Um, they're working on a lot of stuff like that, and you know, they're—they're they're going the training route, as a lot of brands are. You know, and I think that it's—it's um, it's incredible. We're lucky, right? I mean, we're lucky, and CrossFit HQ has done a really good job promoting. And being the the, the go to and the you know the the big you know the the big boy in fitness, so I think um, you know that stuff can be stressful, but I think they'll work through it. You know, long-winded answer, but I think that um, hey, athletes having a uniform on a floor for a sport is not unique. So you know, I, I'm okay with it. You know, it's the way it is. You know, we have to work hard to promote. You know them in other ways and, and quite frankly their success in being there uh and, and uh, on the floor is great for us you know matt particularly as you know he, he you know redline has become a part of his life thankfully and and um, i think we've done a good job with that you know as well but i think um nobody's um at this point wondering who his brands are which is cool you know and I think that that's what you have to do a good job of is marketing the athlete and building a platform that they're attracted to you know that's the other side of it is like you know building something that makes him you know interested in what we're doing and and owning it you know
0: that's a great point if he's out on the floor regardless of what he's wearing everybody knows who and what he represents Mm -hmm. what this is just your insight, your, your gut, you know, another year, maybe two years from now, Reebok's initial deal with the games is going to, you know, be complete. Ten-year obligation, millions and millions of dollars. Will they re-sign? Will CrossFit re-sign them? Will they let someone else come in like a red line, like a Nike, and, and become the primary sponsor of the, of the games? Are we going to see the, you know, red line CrossFit games in 2020? Haha, <laughs>
1: that'd be amazing. Um, <clears throat> no, you know, my, my, I don't know anything about the inside on this. I don't, I, I think, um, you know, I'm close to it, but I think that, um, you know, if I was like, you know, a betting man or, you know, made a prediction, I would think that, you know, cross, CrossFit would probably take some of that territory back. You know, I think, you know, CrossFit right now has a uh, a left side sponsor. You know, they have a sponsor that is before their name, you know, the Reebok CrossFit Games. I think that if, you know, I was guessing, I mean, I you know, me being a marketer and looking at this thing and looking how powerful their brand is now, um, you know, you don't see the Nike NFL or the Nike NBA or the Adidas NBA or, you know, there's you know, you do see the Barclays, you know, uh, uh, English Premier League. Um, so there is precedent for it, but I, I feel like um, I feel like CrossFit is uh, going to be just the CrossFit Games, and maybe it's powered by something. You know, and, you know, maybe they'll let more brands be involved. I don't know. You know, I, you know, I, I would think that um, I'd be surprised if Reebok wasn't involved at some level. I mean, they, you know, I, I spend decent amount of time over there they're uh they live and breathe this you know everybody in their buildings does it um it's you know it's exciting over there um and the excitement is CrossFit you know it's um and they're involved in other things but I I I find it hard to believe And and I know they have a great relationship too so um you know, that deal's got a lot of time left on it, though. I think that a lot of people think that's coming up. So I, that's got another five years on it. So I think that... Um, a lot could change. Yeah, a lot could change in that time, for sure. I think that, you know, it's it, you look at CrossFit as a sport, and, and you're involved in it as a, as a training tool, and, and, you know, you're on the education side of it. And I think that, you know... It's very important. I think your followers know there's two different things. The sport is very different than what what you and I do on a daily basis, I think, you know. Um, But I think that, um, you know, as a a sport, I think as a sport, we have no idea where this is going to be in five years. I think that we're starting to see that ball form a little more. Because it's been, you know, the growth is measurable now and it continues to happen. You know, everybody in the industry keeps asking the question like, you know, where's this go? Where, you know, when's this stop? And um, I don't know that it does because we have the world now involved. And I think that for anything that might be capped in the United States at this point, because we're the gym network is, you know, the box network's becoming a little saturated. The growth outside is incredible. I mean, I've been very fortunate. To travel the world in the last year, you know, to the Middle East, to South America, to Europe, and um, there are the the craze going on in those parts of the world is what we saw three four years ago. Everybody's competing all the time. Uh, there are gyms popping up on a daily basis. Uh, it's wild. So the growth is is going to be hockey stick for a number of years to come. Uh, so it's really exciting. There's a lot of opportunity. You,
0: you represent quite a few athletes that you that you mentioned earlier. You don't have to give any names or any dollar amounts, but are there athletes out there that are just making a living full time training these days? And if so, mm-hmm. what what's what can a an athlete that makes it to the games look for as far as potential income? You know, what what is it? As far as sponsorship from from companies, not just apparel, but there's there's supplement companies, there's you know wristbands, there's hats, there's you know Sun Oakley involved. What what can athletes do? what percentage do you think are making a full time living by being a CrossFit athlete?
1: Um, so I have a I have a lot of athletes. I mean, that's you know on the representation side. I think that that's sort of um, that's a very big part of you know th- that's one of the rewards and one of the goals for me as a as an agent manager is you know getting being able to help move that opportunity along faster which is you know them you know being able to train full-time um and i think that that's um the snowball effect there is incredible you know the the athlete that can then train full-time can be that much better and more marketable and it's it's amazing, but I think um, I would have to tell you that most of my athletes do train full time, and um, you know I do represent a lot of you know really high end games athletes, um, so my perception of that might be a little skewed, but I think that you know some of them coach a little here and there, but because they love it, like I, a lot of them, you know, I would say most of them could train full time if they wanted to. So I think. Um, what are the economics of that? I think um, <clears throat> you know. I'd have you know. I wouldn't want to put a number on it. I would tell you that um, you know. I would say that a lot of people. If you're going to be a top ten games athlete, top top fifteen games athlete, I'd be hard pressed to think you're doing a whole lot else. Um, well, okay. There, are, you know. There are people in. In this, you know, you know, group that own gyms, but they're not running their gyms. Look at Ben Smith last year. What, what did he say was one of the big things that changed for him that allowed him to win the CrossFit Games? He slept more. He wasn't coaching five AM classes, and he's not really involved in managing his gym on a daily basis. Well, he owns a gym. He's got something else going on, but he's a full time athlete. You know, I represent his brother Alec. Um, you know, Alec trains full time. You know, he's not even a games athlete. You know, so, you know he's, he's marketable and, you know, fun to watch on social media and super talented too. So, but yeah, I mean.
0: So you represent I, just one Smith side note there?
1: Yes, I don't. Yeah, yeah, just Alec. Yeah, just Alec. Um, ben does not have an agent.
0: Um, really? I think that, he's, he's, he's doesn't, it's not that he doesn't work with you. He just doesn't have an agent.
1: No, he does all his own stuff as far as i know
0: you got to be thinking as an agent you could you know the i would i would assume bringing on an agent is much like bringing on a financial planner yeah i can do it myself but bringing you on is going to help me make more money
1: i believe that firmly just from my my uh, experience with the people i work with you know i can only speak to my experience and i think that um that's not arrogance or that's not, you know, overconfidence. You know, that that's just fact. Like, you you know, it's hard to do this on your own. It's hard to negotiate with a company on your own behalf. Um, you know, it just, you know, if you're really honest with yourself, I think that that's hard to do. It takes a really special person to be able to do that. I think that, um, you know, I think that it's hard to hold yourself accountable to to what you're supposed to do. You can get really wrapped up in, You know, justification of you know what you do and don't do for sponsors because of you being you know not only the sponsee but the representative of the contract. You know, I think that that's there's so many different sides to it. I feel like my role in that business is two sided, which is you know obviously my number one roles and goals are you know rooted in my clients and, and those I work for directly, but. Now, I also pride myself on, you know, my relationship and work with the companies that they're involved in because if they don't do a good job, those companies aren't going to sponsor them, you know, and I think that, you know, there's, there's, there's work that has to be involved. It's not just show up, win and get sponsored and the rest is history. You know, you gotta, you know, it's a business, you know, and, uh, they don't just pay you because you look good and you're a good guy, you know, um, they need something for that. There's deliverables. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, if you're an athlete and, you know, you want to win the CrossFit Games, I think you would have a hard time doing that, you know, and then there's Ben who does it, but you'd have a hard time doing that without an agent, and I'm a coach, you know. You know, I, I represent Ben Bergeron, so, you know, and I'm really involved in in comp with his team, he coaches four athletes I represent individually: Matt, Cole, Katrin, and Michelle. And I think um, one thing that you know, my role in comp with these guys is all different. But I think one thing's very apparent to me that you know, it's not a you know, it's not a bro down at Dave's house in, in um, Aromas anymore. and You know, just be athletic, show up and train a little and you might be able to win. This is a professional sport and, you know, professional athletes have teams that help them, you know, clear their head, get prepared, get coached, you know, deal with the business side of things so that they can be their best. You know, I've watched how much stress this, you know, the business side of things puts on, you know, these kids. Um, and I know that I've had an effect on that because they don't have to deal with it. You know, that's just easy, you know, that's just an easy thing to quantify is, you know, is stress, you know. Uh, if Matt doesn't have to negotiate his contracts, which is something that would stress him out, then that relieves stress because stress is is really bad for you know, your body. So I think that, um, yeah, I would say, you know, that's another part of, you know, becoming professional, you know, Ben talks to his athletes, um, and those that I work with and me a lot about professionalization. You know, I think that you, you know, even if it's premature, you've got to become a pro, um, if you want to be a pro, you know, and I think that you've got to do everything to be your best. And, you know, the, his, his athletes buy into it. Um, I, you know, the, the ones I work with do as well. And I think if you can, you know, have somebody helping you with your business uh, that you trust. And, you know, not only do I know that I think the financial reward would be there and you could see the upside of having an agent just from the bottom line, but there's a lot involved with, you know, taking some responsibility of of your daily grind on dealing with the the sponsorship stuff um, that is, I think, really super helpful especially I mean especially around competition because let's face it the eyeballs are on these guys in May and July you know a lot and heavily and, and companies know that and so that's a time of year where they're gonna you know they're gonna be the most plugged in with these guys which honestly is the worst time that they could be most plugged in because if you have five sponsors and they're all asking you to do things and it's the week of your regional, it's stressful. I've dealt with it, you know, and uh, and they've dealt with it. So I think, you, you know, you can you can get focused, on, you know, on what's most important, which is, you know, their goals and them doing the best that they can on the floor. You know, you, you can do a lot better job at that as an athlete with somebody that is helping with your business.
0: Right. And the argument is, hey, you're giving up a percentage, I don't know. To, to your agent. But yeah, that, it's, the, it's no different than giving a percentage to your uh, financial advisor or any other role. You're you're providing them a service. You're allowing them to focus on training. And like you said, yeah, stress and cortisol release is probably the worst thing they could be, have going on in their body, especially that time of year. So certainly well worth it. I would uh, be surprised if Ben doesn't reach out to you after after this year.
1: Oh well, right. He's a great guy, I'll tell you, he um uh, miraculous. Uh, I don't I'm a huge fan. I have been. It's taken him a long time, but he's still super young. I mean he's figured he figured it out last year and I think um you know, I work with his brother, but you know. Yeah, I, I think I think the world of him I mean that's another thing too, is I have a lot of friends that have other agents or that are elite athletes um that i don't represent because you know quite frankly i am probably i'm not a fit for everybody um and that's okay i want my message on that side would be you know i'm not asking everybody to call me and i can't do it you know i only have so much bandwidth um you know but i i i would you know, what I do is two-sided. I know because I've done it, you know, people do reach out and ask, and if we're not necessarily a fit, I do find somebody for them. I'll try to help them find somebody. I will, you know, there are other people doing what I'm doing. I was in on it really early, but, you know, I'm in touch with the agent management community within our industry because, you know, we all, you know, talk a little and kind of, you know, run ideas off each other, but there's others, and you know, I, I'm happy to help people find someone that fits.
0: Well, you know, we've been on for a while. You've said so much. If someone is listening, whether regardless of their athletic ability or potential, how could they reach out to you and determine if you are a good fit for them as an agent?
1: Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, we have. Um, I have a website. Um, I don't, you know, do a lot of social media promotion on that. I don't have any social media channels for my. Agency, I have a website, it's teammanagementgroup.com, and that's T E A M A N A. So that's not, uh, there's no double M, there's no, you know, the, the M and ma- team is the M in
0: management. Is that as well, just a typo, you
1: know? or did you do that on purpose, Matt? No, I did that on purpose, <laughs> uh, and then which is created. A ton of stress in my life. I guess every time I give my email address, it's confusing. But I should have done it the other way. But the, the um, and that's my email as well as is, uh, is Matt M A T T at teammanagementgroup.com dot com. Um, and so you can get me there, and you can get me at Redline is this is the same. Uh, my M O'Keefe M O K E E F E at redlinegear.net dot um, net. If you want to reach out on something Redline or something anything happy to help you know i I find my you know closing that up i think
0: uh,
1: i um you know i'm busy because i want to be busy my days are stuffed i work a lot of hours but i love what i do and um you know i will never forget that i'm just a small part of a community that you know has been wonderful to me and allowed me an opportunity to do what i love and if somebody wants to reach out and needs advice or wants to talk to me i'm available so um they can feel free to email me um And I'll do whatever I can to help.
0: Well, that's great. And I think that's what makes you so successful is that it's, you know, there's a lot of apparel companies that I've seen come and go in the CrossFit world. And you can tell when someone's in it to try to make a quick buck and and capitalize on something awesome going on and somebody that's doing it for the right reasons. And I think clearly by the people you're surrounding yourself with purposely and not purposely, you're, you're just you're with the right people. You know, you mentioned Ben Bergeron, you mentioned obviously all your athletes, your Reebok, you're all people that are not just doing it to make money, but because they have a passion. And I'd say that passion extends far beyond just fitness, but helping others.
1: That is, that is it. I think, um, you know, for me, um, you know, especially, especially the, you know, you know, directly with the management side. I think that that isn't, um, you know, there is financial gain there and it, it's a business and it has to be run that way. But I have to say that, um, you know, making a difference in those kids' lives, um, impacting their financial, you know, life and, you know, on a personal basis, helping them, advising them, um, you know, you know, helping management, helping manage everything that they do that, um. Is super rewarding. I would not. I asked. I've asked myself this, and I mean it. I, you know, and I, people can say you know BS on it, but I will say, you know, if I hit Powerball for two hundred million, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, I, and I really mean that. I don't. Um, I haven't worked a day since I started in this industry, and I work a lot. And I, I just. Uh, I love what I do. I love who I work with. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm so excited about the future of Redline and you know, the management side of things. Um, yeah, I, I I could you couldn't put it better. It is for me th- about the people. It's about the people at Reebok. It's about the people at Killcliffe. It's about the people at Nike. It's about, you know, the athletes <clears throat> I work with. <clears throat> I um if nothing else, when I'm done with this, um I you know, I will have a phenomenal circle of, you know, friends and colleagues that I worked with and, you know, hopefully they've enjoyed working with me. But it's uh I love, you know, I love that aspect of this. And, and, you know, I think our industry, from my experience, is better at it than, than any any that I've ever been involved in. Everybody here is looking to help and to grow, you know, because we can all grab our piece of the pie if we just keep this thing moving down the, down the
0: line, you know. And, and I love that statement at the end there because people oftentimes get wrapped up in the competitiveness of something and you just rattled off three other apparel companies you're talking about other other people joining in and it's you know uh, a big reader seven habits of highly effective people and one of the things he talks about is that abundance mentality and there's enough for everybody and you've just it's, it's not surprising that you feel that way because all, all it takes is a little bit of uh, effort and the, the willingness to take that risk and you've done it well So we appreciate you being on the podcast, and I hope that you've motivated some other people. I hope to see you and some of your athletes on the podium this year. And I'm always looking for for big things to come from Redline, and I'm telling you, you're going to want to save one spot. Give me two years. 2018, I'll be 40 years old. You know, Castro's kind of messing with me this year. I think he's going to open the 35 to 39. i will be a little late for me. I'm on the wrong side of that age division, right? As you know, that that's an important four years there. But I think when when I turn 40, Sean Ramirez better start running because I'm coming for him.
1: I, I'm i in. Let's do this. I think, uh, you know what? Good for you. I, 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 I was, you know, I had those thoughts a couple of years ago, but I wish uh, my training has taken a, a nasty turn since, all, you know, with all the travel and, and uh, you know, all the, <clears throat> the hours we, we put in. But I think uh, I still train every day, but not, not as much as I would like to. So if you're able to do it, get after it.
0: I will. I'm not talking about being an ambassador, I'm talking about being one of the top redline athletes. I'm mean, in. Hey,
1: let's go. <laughs> get, let's, let's, see, let's see how it goes.
0: I might get have there. to hire you too as an agent. Just be ready. I need you as a coach. I don't want <laughs> there to be a conflict of interest.
1: <laughs> it won't believe me i do a good job with that and
0: just we'll wrap up we haven't even touched upon the fact that you're crushing it you and your wife with flex eating. but we don't have you on here i'm not on here to promote myself i was happy to have you on i know you're nah, busy i
1: want i want to talk about that that's um you know we can wrap up with that uh, you know that is uh you and i talk quite a bit and, and um you know that's a uh, my training has been, you know, erratic. I do get my workouts in. One of my biggest parts of my training, that's I think, can be perceived as amazing and fun for you know, and everybody would love to do it. Is I do train with the best athletes in the world on a, on a very frequent basis. And um, if you're not careful, you, that can be, you know, very negative on your training because I get my ass handed to me on a daily basis by them. And so, when you're competitive and they're done with the workout and you're still got half the workout to go. Um, there's not a lot of push going on sometimes if you're not paying attention. And so, you know, I've gone the ebbs and flows of fit and unfit because of that. Um, you know, I think I found a, a good, you know, medium on that. And, but anyway, you know, I, I you know, the open was rough for me. I traveled a lot and, you know, I think I finally realized how important my nutrition is. And, um, finally you know here five years into crossfit but i think that uh you know if i'm putting crap in this the, the the engine the engine doesn't work well and and um it's been a great change for me and you've been you know very inspirational for me on that side of things and it's uh food's hard i think um you know my, my wife loves what's going on with it you know in her work so far with you i think um it's it's hard it's um I mean, God, it's it's the it's probably the most uh, crazy thing in my life is you know how addicted and attracted I am to, to garbage, but it's um, you know that eating right uh, has made me a better me and allows me to be better at my job, a better dad, a better you know a better husband, and um, I feel really good. And a lot of that's because uh, you know you get my my ass in line, so I appreciate it. You do a great job with that.
0: Ah, uh, well, thanks. And like I said, I wasn't. I'm happy you said that, but it wasn't my my goal, but maybe uh, maybe one day that will be the key to you being on the uh, Carson competition floor. Hey, the 50s, you know, grow Redline, yeah. bring on a CEO so you can start training. There
1: we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good.
0: Well, thank you so much. I will let you get back to your busy day. Have a great regional season. I look forward to watching all of your athletes represent and... Hopefully I'll see you at some point, whether it's at the regionals or at the games or, or just in passing.
1: Absolutely, Jason. Thanks for having me. I love being on, and uh, you know, I love what you're doing. Keep, keep it up, man. Keep it up. and Thanks for thanks for uh, thinking enough of what we are doing and I am doing to have you.
0: Wow, what an awesome interview. Once again, thank you so much to Matt O'Keefe of Redline Gear and his management company representing athletes true pleasure to have him on long interview but if you stuck around and listen man did you get some gems and we talked after that interview a little bit on the phone and just really awesome to stop and look back on what he's accomplished and sometimes just human nature we we think too much about what we need to do or where we need to go or what other people are doing and that was just a great trip I'm sure down memory lane for Matt and I hope you guys can do that for yourselves stop, look around, look at all you've accomplished, look at where you've been as opposed to where you are now and 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 realize how much you've done in this world. And Matt, you've done so much in this world, not just in the CrossFit space, but in in the whole fitness industry and beyond. So kudos to Matt. Once again, it was a pleasure having him on. And if you're still listening, Matt offered a discount code. If you go on Redline Gear and you want to order something, whether it's a One of their classic t-shirts or amazing shorts that I love, or a pair of knee sleeves, you can use the discount code Ackerman15, that's my last name, A-C-K-E-R-M-A-N-15, for 15% off your entire order. They have some great stuff, and I'm not just saying that because Matt was on, truly my favorite shorts that I wear, I wear them to the point that they stink, but hey, it's worth it, I love them, they're my PR shorts but I can also worm around town because I've got some pockets for my wallet, my phone, etc. So hop on the internet, go to Redline Ackerman 15. I'll get you 15% off your next order. And stay tuned next week. All new podcasts coming up. Squat therapy has some great guests in the coming weeks. You're not going to want to miss out. Peace. I'm out of here.